For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to the second episode of the UCLA Basketball Podcast, hosted by David and Travis Ware on the Believe Podcast Network. Today we have a great episode. We will be talking about the NCAA's new ruling that is going to allow college athletes to benefit off their own name, image, and likeness. We will also be talking about the Stanislaus State exhibition game and what we saw. Okay, Dave, so right off the bat, as we anticipated, the uh, NC2A came out and had a response to the legislation that was passed by Gavin Newsom, the Fair Pay for Play Act. Um, What can you um, see about the new rules and the new implementations that they put in place? Well, one, I think, you know, the NC2A, they felt like their backs were against the wall a bit. They really had no choice. This this wasn't an issue that was just going to go away. It's been kind of going on for a while now, and they had to do some type of amends to um, allow these players to start profiting off of their image and likeness. They yeah. had to give them something in order to you know calm the storm a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're one, they want to keep their body intact, so this is to save face for them. Exactly. I mean, they realize that um, they were getting a lot of negative backlash, and this was only going to end up uh, one way, and that's eventually with these players being able to profit off of their image and likeness because you know it's really unlawful for them not to be able to. We talked about this uh, extensively over the last few weeks um, ever since Gavin Newsom proposed the bill. Um, and the fact that a player can't go out and um, make money as long as it doesn't conflict with the university sponsors and regulations, it's kind of ridiculous that they can't just you know, simply go to a local a local restaurant and get a free meal or go to a sporting goods store and sign some autographs for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. It just seems like their natural right to be able to do that. I mean, you and I were in college what seems like forever ago, but it was only five years ago, and um, we would have loved to have been able to put together a camp with some of our fellow teammates and earn a couple extra dollars just to, you know, cover some rent, cover, a, um, you know, some gas money, mm-hmm. um, rather than going to our parents like, Hey, you know, we, we need some extra cash this month mm-hmm. to, to cover some of our bills and our expenses. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to allow these kids to just make a few extra dollars. I mean, some of them will make a few extra dollars. Some of them might make quite a bit more depending on the name. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You look at guys, I mean, how much money would a Zion Williamson made last year at Duke yeah. off of his own image and likeness? He probably would have got a fair, a fair chunk of change. For uh, yeah, sure. I'm sure seven figures. 
yeah, close to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at this as a great opportunity for these kids to kind of more or less take it's it's almost like a real world MBA program where they can go out there they learn how to market themselves they learn how to properly use uh, social media how to brand themselves the right way and it's also it's a great opportunity for the universities to really promote classes and programs to help these student athletes um, maximize their potential and realize what are smart investments and and um you know what's the best way to go about branding an image and your image and likeness i mean just you know getting a real world situation of the purchasing power of a dollar you exactly. know like you're earning your own money you're earning your own income okay how what can i do with it mm-hmm. now um can i potentially um i don't know rather than rent a place near campus can i go on with some teammates and buy a place uh, uh, well that and i i think also it um it shows these kids how their image directly affects their their income and their marketing ability. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna be more aware of of portraying a very positive image in the community. Yeah, I like it overall. I like it, but I do have some some I don't know. I'm I'm uneasy with some of the NCAA with the NCAA's response because it's just so broad. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems to be a lot of gray area there. It seems that these colleges are going, it seems like these colleges are going to be on a trial and error kind of basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that, that happens. I think that, yes, I think there's still quite a bit of time to where the regulations and a lot of the gray area will hopefully start to uh, be worked out a little bit more. But But like you said, there is a big gray area. And I think, you know, like... Anytime there's rules and regulations put in place, people are going to look to get a competitive uh, competitive advantage. Um, it's only natural. I think there's going to be need to be some oversight regarding how these businesses are approaching these student athletes. Um, is it going to be potentially used as a big time recruiting tactic by um, bigger universities with more money? Yeah. Like, are they going to essentially go to these? these businesses and be like, Hey, you know, we really want this kid to come to our school. Is there any way you can offer them, you know, a $500,000, uh, partnership or, or branding opportunity, like stuff like that is going to be abused and is going to require some type of oversight. Yeah, absolutely. So Mark Emmer, his, his direct quote, um, after that meeting was, the board's actions today create a path to enhance opportunities for student athletes while ensuring they compete against students and not professionals. I mean, like I said, it's pretty broad. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, what, what, where's the advantage competing against a student and not a professional? Like, what does that even mean? Like, as long as you're competing against the same kind of age class, yeah. everyone within the D- Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three yeah. is going to be competing against kids that are going to have the same type of training mm-hmm. and um, access to facilities. Um, so the level of competition and competitiveness is still going to be the exact same. And yeah. these players aren't getting salaries, yeah. more or less like a professional will be getting. Yeah. They're just able to profit off their image and like this yeah. away from campus. Exactly. So, that, yeah, that's a pretty broad statement. I'm not sure how to interpret There's that. other guidelines, too. Um, so to go over a few, um, 
student athletes are to be treated similarly to non-student athletes. Uh, pretty straightforward. Doesn't seem to um, explain anything, in my opinion. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think yeah. this rule is going to change yeah. it, anything. Uh, maintain priorities of education. Ensure rules are enforceable and transparent and facilitate fair and balanced competition. Okay, that's going to be the same. Because like we just talked about, it's still going to be the same competitive landscape. Yeah. It's not like the age change you know it's the age isn't gonna be different of these guys the competition level isn't gonna be different yeah and it make clear distinction between college and professional opportunities and payment for competition is not allowed i mean obviously a school is not gonna be able to pay a kid to compete in this game like yeah this is strictly off campus mm -hmm. um endorsement opportunities image opportunities yeah so there's obviously if it was to, if universities would start having to pay these players, there would be a major, there would be major issues. And I don't know if I would be able to support that because then you would see a lot of lower, um, lower income sports in the university getting cut and things like that. And I think that would open up a whole nother. Not only that, you'd also see schools that oh. might be on the lower end of the totem pole not be able to compete with yeah. the big blue blood schools as well. So mm -hmm. as long as they don't, venture into the realm where these division major division one programs are offering these kids money which in no way shape or form is that what the ncaa or what gavin newsom has put into writing mm -hmm. it's more access for a student athlete to come out and make income off their own name image and likeness yeah um, which is very i think that's their that's their right to be able to do yeah, that yeah. i think this also is going to mitigate some of the big issue facing um these players leaving school early to try and get drafted yeah. because they feel like they need some type of income. Um, the scholarship and their and their monthly budget maybe isn't cutting it. They need to help out their families. Uh, I think we can potentially see a drop in some of these guys leaving after their you know first one or two years of school and then not getting drafted yeah. and then uh, if being you, in, if you're in earn, big trouble. If you're earning some money in college and you're not financially pressed to support people around you, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think kids will be more willing to stay in school, continue their education. I mean, college is a great environment to learn and to grow mm -hmm. um, and not be thrust into this real-world situation of now – you know, playing basketball for a living to keep a roof over your head and food in your family's mouth. So um, to allow these kids to remain in college and learn and grow, I think will do nothing but benefit them in the long run. Exactly. And it, nothing nothing is worse than seeing a kid leave after a freshman year thinking that he's going to go play professionally in the NBA. Yeah. Then he doesn't get drafted. Um, he goes overseas. Overseas life is very hard. Or he goes to the G League yeah, where the money's not great and the competition is still really high. You're playing against professionals, grown men. And then you just see these careers, you know, kind of flame out. Um, with no with no backup plan, with no, yeah. you know, degree. Um, you know, it's not even just a degree. It's the network you build at these universities as well that are allowing you to be in a position to um, get help uh, when you're looking for that next step. And yeah. you don't you don't build that network, that college network with the alumni. Um, it's really unfortunate to see that. But I hope with these changes, it it might ease some of these kids uh, leaving early. Yeah, and I think it will. All right, y'all, let's move on to the Bruins exhibition game last night against Stanislaus State. Uh, Dave, I know you had the opportunity to watch the whole game. What did you see? 
The Bruins showed a lot of promise. I was particularly impressed with the intensity on the defensive end of the floor. Um, watching the guys get out to shooters, closing out, communicating, getting the extra rotations, and then finishing off the plays by getting into the paint and, and rebounding and pushing into the outlets. Yeah, I mean, the Bruins had 44 deflections last night, a stat that Mick Cronin is really high on, a stat that he claims you know UCLA. It's now a UCLA stat that he's going to keep track of every game. I like the fact that they held um, Stanislaus State under 40% from the field, which, as you know, you know, at the Division One level, I think if you can hold teams under 40%, then you're going to be on the, the, the upper echelon yeah, as far as and, team defense I know, goes. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like Stanislaus State is a D2 school. Um, they've never competed against a Power 5 school. So, you know, while it was promising and while UCLA did come out strong, the competition level wasn't, you know, what they're going to see in their upcoming schedule. Okay, shooting percentage aside, I think what I like was the fact that they were able to force 21 turnovers on the defensive end. And as well as out-rebound, stands, I'll say, 42-28, yeah. to 28, which yeah. is both uh, key factors into having a successful yeah. season. Rebounding and, and, and tur- forcing turnovers is, is going to be great leading the Bruins into their offensive attack. Yeah, let's just dive into the, uh, the personnel for UCLA. Um, it's going to be tough to, you know, really analyze some of the stats because Stanislaus State was you know, much overmatched in this competition. Um, so, Dave, dive in. and what, what did you see and what did you like from some of these UCLA Bruins? Well, shooting percentages aside, because I don't want to look at percentages off of the first game, there's a lot of uh, emotion and anxiety that kind of has to get out the way first. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement. You get out there, blood's flowing. You know, you're going to be long on a few jumpers. Yeah, and, be I, short. and then short, correcting it. But I think who stood out to me the most was uh, was Tiger Campbell. Just he looked very steady. Um, he looked like he was a guy that's been playing at the college level for a few years now. Um, if you would have told me this was really his first collegiate game, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But you know what? He he controlled the pace of the game really well. He got the Bruins into all their sets, what they were trying to do. He pushed the pace, and he really got um, down into that second tier, into the paint, looking to attack the paint, kick out. He found Jalen Hill on numerous uh, lob opportunities, and he shot. You know, he, I think he was maybe two for nine from three, but his shot looked good, um, and he he looked he looked very poised out there. He was very impressive. At, at times, he almost tend to pass up shots and overpass, which, which I'm fine with as a point guard. Like, is when you're getting your teammates involved, that does a lot for their energy levels both on both ends of the floor. So I, I really like that from a point guard, especially being a point guard who who feels like he needs to facilitate the offense and keep make sure everyone else is getting their shots. Like, that's extremely important. You can't have a point guard out there just looking to get his all the time. Yep, that's the most frustrating thing I think as a, as a as a player sometimes. At times, yeah. Um, Jalen Hill also really stood out to me. He was very aggressive around the basket. I think, I think Cody Riley is more a little bit more aggressive in one-on-one situations, whereas Jalen Hill is a little more athletic around the rim, catching lobs, getting to the offensive glass, uh, protecting the rim. Uh, which is a great one-two punch because you got one guy who's you know going to be finishing over the rim, and then you got another guy who could kind of dump it in the basket or dump it in down low to the post and really, yeah, really try bang. and get a, try and get a bucket down low when you really need it. So they're they're a great uh, one-two punch. They'll probably be subbing in and out for each other most of the year. But um, Jalen Hill was he was really promising. I liked his energy around the basket. 
Chris Smith, obviously, he's got a lot of hype around him just because of his physical attributes, um, his ability to shoot the ball, put it on the ground. He's tall. He's athletic. Um, you know, he's he's come out and said that he feels like he's underachieved his first few years. But the fact that he acknowledges that and he's willing to get better and improve is 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 very promising to see. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy that's still trying to find his identity on the offensive end. But Mick Cronin came out and said that he wants Chris Smith to be defensive-minded. And I think that's where he can thrive. His offensive game is going to come as he grows and he matures. But defensively, he needs to use that frame and just completely disrupt teams. Mm -hmm. And he can do that with his physical abilities. I'd like to see him ready to shoot off of just catch and shoot situations i think he has a tendency to hold the ball and and put it on the ground and and dribble into kind of contested mid-range jump shots and i think that's something that especially for a guy who has the potential to play at the next level he needs to learn to start to cut out of his game a little bit and just take the open shots when they're there he's i saw more than a few times him him pass up a wide open mid-range or or three-point shot in order to put it on the ground and then take a more contested shot. So just just take what the game gives you. Um, aside from those three, I think, you know, like I said, Cody Riley, uh, he stood out to me as a guy who really was looked to be aggressive down low, scoring with his back to the basket, as well as a guy who can face up and, and knock down that 15-foot jumper that's, that's going to be really good in pick and roll situations with um, Tiger at the point who looks to, you know, who looks for those kick passes and and kick out opportunities and, and getting into the, I, you know, I love the way Tiger was able to get into the lane, draw the defense in around him and just be, make really smart, heady plays, either kick out to the wide open shooters or the lob to uh, Jalen Hill right at the rim. That was really nice to see. It was nice to see the Bruins knock down some free throws as well. Um, 22 for 28. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, 78 percent from the free throw line that's all that you know you got to make your free throws to win games yeah i mean they had 19 assists which is great 14 turnovers which is a little high against a team like stanislaw state but at the same time it is their first game yeah i did you're ironing you're ironing out some yeah i mean you 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 know guys are a little bit nervous making kind of errant passes maybe even extra passes that they shouldn't be um but overall very promising i was uh I liked their flow on the offensive end. They got out. They ran. Um, I'm not sure how many. I think they had somewhere like 26 fast break, fast break points, maybe like 40-plus points in the paint, which was really nice to see. I think they were really well-balanced. Um, and I think they had a really well-balanced attack. But, again, I even saw you know Chris, guys like Chris Smith grabbing the rebounds and pushing up the floor. So yeah. I like the I like that they're looking to get out and transition and run because I think their personnel um, – how it really highlights those as strengths. Yeah. It was nice to see Sharif, you know, back and healthy and mm-hmm. playing. 15 minutes, 3 for 3 from the field, 6 points, 5 rebounds, super productive with his minutes. Very productive. I mean, it, again, that's his first time playing collegiate basketball. At Ever. This, yeah. And, you know, I think that's a great start. He's going to, as he plays more, he's going to get more comfortable, especially with his offensive game. You tend to have a guy with his... Uh, um, I don't know, his resume and his hype coming into college, uh, you tend to press a little bit because you feel like you have to get certain numbers. or Live up to the expectation. Exactly. And I think he'll start to gradually settle into his role. And usually you see guys like that really come into their own come conference time after they get through the, the preseason and non-conference games. Yeah. They get you know 10 to 12 games under their belt, and then they start to settle down. Yeah, overall, this team seems very well-balanced to me. You got... 
you got you got your inside guys that are gonna bang around the rim. You got your athletes on the perimeter. You got some knockdown shooters, and then you got a couple heady point guards. So overall, it's a deep team. I think he can play. He he could go ten deep easily. Yeah. Um. So it's it's nice to see that. I loved. Uh, I just loved the culture that I saw they're starting to form with this Bruins team. I mean, I saw guys diving on the ground. I saw guys communicating. I saw extra passes. Guys and, willing to share the ball. Yeah, and that's the culture that Mick Cronin brings, and that he you know reiterates to these guys every single day. We had the opportunity to witness practice, and it was just all about hard nose, playing hard, and competing. Because he says that's what you can control. Control. Control what you can't control, and that's your energy and how you play the game. Mm-hmm. So overall, I was, I, was, I was happy with what I saw. Um, you know, I was happy um, with the stats. The stats look good. I mean, the turnover ratio. But again, this is the first game. I'm not going to read too much into the, the percentages. But this is their one and only exhibition game. I yeah. mean, after this, it's it's the real thing. It's the real deal. And, uh, we're, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how they perform against a, a, a solid Long Beach State team. Yeah. I'm excited to get the season off and rolling. Definitely. It feels good that Bruin basketball is back. Yep. All right. Until next time, thank you all for listening. We look forward to having you back for episode number three as we talk about the UCLA Bruins matchup against Long Beach State. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.